Hello, this is The Producers. We have no notes on today's wonderful episode. In the past, Madeline has given too many notes, this is unnecessary and we would like this to stop. Please enjoy another thrilling episode of the Madeline and her attorney watch movies program. Goodbye. You want to tell me about your chair, Alfred? Every time I sit in the chair and lean back, yeah. the, the, uh, the wood that holds the, the back together uh, releases mm-hmm. and it falls apart. It's kind of comedic. Yeah, well, yeah. I like to I like to keep things light. <laughs> I like to keep it light and fun. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> what's what's going to happen? He sat down. Is it going to go okay? <laughs> Who knows? The, uh, the chair might just completely collapse yeah, under you. I mean, every chair is a disaster in clown house. <laughs> is that what this place is called? Clown house? Yeah, clown house. Jeez. It's Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not spelled clown house. It's spelled C-L-O-W-N-H-A-U-S. Okay, but pronounced. Yeah, exactly like you would in English, clown house. That's cool. <laughs> well, it's cool, yeah. You know what? Yeah, it, I mean, it, I would have refrained from saying that on the podcast concerning the giant clown house sign. Oh, that's a new thing. Um, so that's neat, right? That's a clock. <laughs> my, I never would have guessed. My mother, my mother, uh, <laughs> that's my mother's clock. It used to hang on our dining room table. Uh, I'd say for 10 years, it didn't make a sound. Yeah. And then on uh, Friday night, late Friday, my friend texted me, said, I'm going to come visit your new house. And, uh, and the clock struck. Uh, at the he he it struck as soon as he texted me. He texted me at like nine fifty eight, and it struck it struck for the ten o'clock hour. It, and now it chimes every hour, and then every half hour once. So what time approximately are we recording? It's, it's eight twenty eight. So at nine o'clock or not eight fifty eight, it will <laughs> it will chime seven times. That's really exciting. Yeah, I think this is a, a new fun thing for the podcast. I, yeah. It's a new segment. It it's makes the podcast a lot more haunted. A new bit that we do. The ghost is my mom. Where um isn't everybody obsessed with the clock now because of that dumb show I hate? Uh, uh I'm, gonna, huh? I'm gonna let that linger. I don't the, really The Simpsons? <laughs> I don't hate the Simpsons. Obsessed with the clock because of a show you hate? Yeah, Stranger Things. Oh, we, we have never talked about that, I don't think. We've never talked about Stranger Things. I'm a big fan of that show. Have you seen the latest season? No. Me neither. I've never seen any episode of Stranger Things. And I don't know. There's something with a grandfather clock is, and Kate Bush, and now everybody's listening to, every, to Kate Bush. <laughs> You've never seen one episode of it? No. You also hate it, Yeah. which is tough. And well, I hate on top of that, you declared, is everyone obsessed with clocks now? <laughs> and Kate Bush, who I... Um, I've been, I love Kate Bush. Okay. I've, I've, I've been obsessed with Kate Bush well, for many, many years. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I'm happy there's that people a run are discovering Kate Bush. I approve of it, but TikTok. I, I also know that stranger fans things. Stranger fans. Stranger fans things. Oh, <laughs> uh, new feature on the podcast is we're drunk every time now. That's not a new feature. Oh yeah. I guess we've been doing that since, well, since the, uh, I haven't been drunk. I'm not sure that I am right now. I wouldn't. We drink the same amount and I get drunk. Yeah. Well, yeah, my cousin, I have, I'm German, Dutch, Irish. I'm Irish, Russian, Romanian. <laughs> I was born sucking down the nectar of the potato. Same. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what that's what yeah that's, that's where we come from. That's what we called. We it. came from the potatoes. Yeah, but yeah, so like there's something in the new season of Stranger Things with a grandfather clock and the Kate Bush song plays, and now everybody's obsessed with the two things. But Stranger fans, Stranger, I keep doing it. Stranger Things fans, the Stranger fans thing. So they shot the newest season in a. They um, shot it. No, they filmed it. Oh. They filmed it in a a uh, in a location that used to be a. a part of the holocaust oh what it was a concentration camp yeah a, they were holding people there right and wait, now stranger things yeah fans were and, holding people there? no 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 the germans um yeah and now uh well I, I don't think it was the germans i think it's in like lithuania or something but whatever but you know what i mean the nazis the nazis thank you um and now Netflix has turned it into a hotel that you can stay in on Airbnb. I don't know that Netflix has that kind of power. Somebody somebody held it, to the extent that this makes any sense at all, somebody must it's have held the title to it. Sponsored by Netflix. It's a pretty macabre yeah. choice. And then the other thing is Stranger Things fans keep getting numbers tattooed on their upper arms. Well, we don't like that. Yeah, I know. Me neither. I hate that, actually. I think Lost fans did that too. Really? It's so weird. Uh, well, there's a fandom is so yeah, bad. We're living in the death of history. We right really now. are, man. Media literacy is so low, and people are disinterested in like real world shit. When I was and a, subtext, people are disinterested in subtext. That's true. They hate irony. Yeah. They hate when I'm ironically mean to them. Yeah, I know. I, I love that. I know. I love it when you're ironically mean to them. Well. Yeah, that's but what, not to that's me. That's what we agreed. You don't about. do that to me. I would never do that to you. I'm Madeline. so grateful. Yeah, no, you and me, we're both Sagittarians. Yeah, yeah, we're, and we both know all about that. We're brothers in arms. Yeah, I'm a brother. We're two horsemen with little arrows. You know, I'm a horseman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My new chair makes clicking noises that I hear on the mic. Well, don't do that. Well, I have to. I gotta, I gotta that can't shake be my true. shake my butt. Wait, were you shaking your butt the whole time? I've been shaking my butt the whole time, every podcast. And now the mic picks it up. Yeah, now the mic can hear it. So y'all know when I'm twerking. Enjoy that, Merms. In my seat. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. You got to be nice to Merms. You know what that squeaking is? Isn't it? It's twerking. It's, her, it's, it's <laughs> Madeline's horse ass. <laughs> Great, thanks. Yeah, I'm only kidding. I would never... I, look, if you... If, I don't know how many of our listeners have been in the same room as Madeline. Yeah. I'm willing to bet it's close to 100%. Well, let's see. It's probably uh, Charlie, who, um, shout out to you, Charlie. Charlie uh, has some, has, he listens to the podcast. Um, Randy. Randy. Merms. Merms. Uh, Robbie listens to it now. Robbie's really cool. He made a movie that I did. Ten Fingers Robbie. On. What's that mean? I assume he's got all 10 fingers. Yeah. I gave him a cool London gang nickname. Yeah, those are the people who I have confirmed listen to the podcast. Okay. Then I have some other friends who claim they've listened to it, but I don't know. Have you tested them yet? Uh, no, because I'm There's polite. an easy test. Is it, did you listen? Is it, where do we get case, where do we, it's all case Yeah, related. I could ask them like. And look, I feel like this is a good time. Yeah. I forced it on us. Uh, we're not, we're not coming from. A queso club. No, we did not have today. queso today or any time in the last week. No, not any time in the last week. No, but we we do have another food, uh, dairy specific, fact, yeah. related. The, I would say it's the opposite of queso. Yeah. Is that fair? No. 
What would be the opposite of queso? Probably not dairy. Oh, like acid? Yeah, like acid. Okay. Maybe not even liquid, solid, frozen acid. Yeah, steel. A cold, hard. Okay, well, uh, if we're going to deal within the realm of dairy specifically. Yes. Don't you feel like cold, frozen dairy is the opposite of hot, molten dairy? Yes. So within those parameters, would you say yes? Yes. We're having the opposite experience? I did say yes. You heard it. I, I didn't hear it. You heard it. You're wearing headphones. I can That's see true. them. That's true. When my voice goes into the mic, it comes out the headphones. How does it do that? I don't know. It's, it's the magic of, uh, of Hollywood. I wish I knew how anything worked anymore. <laughs> I feel that way all the time. <laughs> I know if I do like a series of things, like something will happen. But I don't understand how uh, those two things correlate I, anymore. I start my car and a, and a picture of a music album appears on a glass pane in front of me. And, and then I, I shoot into the sky. And I touch that picture of the, of the musical artist and his voice comes out of the speakers. And I'm, I, I can kind of understand the relationship between my body and that glass pane. <laughs> but the rest of it is a total mystery to me. Yeah. And I'm only, I'm, I'll be 42. Yeah. But man, I'm going to be alive maybe in another 42 years. How alien is the world going to start to feel? I don't know. But I, I also think when you reach that age, you will like absolutely not give a shit about updates. You know what I mean? Like my grandmother who like won't engage with technology. She she's like she's did getting, she formerly engage with technology? I mean, I imagine to a degree in that technology is simply something you interact with as a tool. Yeah, not really. I think people hit, hit cutoffs where they stop in, in introducing new yeah. tools to their lives. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying is when she was younger, she would introduce new tools to her life. But now she's old and she's like, I feel like get that shit out of my face. Where the only new tool people introduce to their lives is firearms. Yeah. I don't know what the age is for that. 83. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me every... Every three-year-old is armed. <laughs> you better believe oh, yeah, it. I'll stop, throw, I'll stop throwing the bird at him in traffic then. Jesus, what were we talking about? Ice cream. Ice cream, yes. Yeah, so we, we're If we can finish this podcast in a reasonable amount of time, we are able to eat ice cream. Yeah, we get to have homemade ice cream. From uh, Not from here, not not from my home. Yeah, probably shouldn't name the ice cream place. No, we don't want to throw any luck. It's very unique to down the block from you. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but a very... Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't come find me. Don't don't come find him. Because I have guns. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No guns in my house at all. Thank God. Just walk right up to the front door. Trust, trust me. Trust me. That's uh, that's your like slogan, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, talking about let's let's a, yeah. let's talk, let's first address the elephant in the room. Is it's, it it's, what your brother ordered the last time we went to that ice cream place? No, we can talk about that. I want to. Well, maybe that's what we talk about right now. Then. I think so. He he got a tie hooker. What? <laughs> okay, that's not unless that's what that's called. Yeah. Is that the name of that? So what he ordered it was a yeah. a quart, right? A, one quart of. It was a quart milkshake with scoops of ice cream inside. That's of it. correct. He got an ice cream float. So yeah. you, you, some of you probably heard of a root beer float or a... Coke float. Coke, something like that. Any ice cream float, ice cream I would soda. assume, would be ice cream and soda. Yeah. But this this place will do you one better. They'll they'll make a milkshake out of any ice cream you choose, and then they'll dump two scoops of any ice cream you choose into the milkshake. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and, 
I watched your brother eat the whole thing, devour yeah. one, which was insane. Yeah, he ate that whole thing faster than some of you could eat like two scoops of ice cream. And then said something along the lines of, "This is the first time I've had one of these at an age at which I can feel regret." That's about not it. right. Not exactly. It was something. Like it was that. like that. He yeah. said, "This is the first time I've had one of these in the company of people." Oh, so who, who make me he, kind of regret this? He didn't feel regret. He simply felt shame. Well, yeah, he said, I'm, "Everyone around me is looking at me like I'm insane for ordering one quart of ice cream and then eating it with a straw." <laughs> but, you know what, though, Eric, my brother's name is Eric with a K. Yeah, and uh, he and I would eat those things at least every other week growing up. That's bonkers. Yeah, I know. We're full of ice cream. My bones are pure sugar and, and milk. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. I don't think it was, but I am strong. Mm -hmm. Strong on milk. Big, strong man. Big, strong man. Get that milk out of my face. Slurp, slurp. Yeah. Okay. So. But the real elephant in the room. Yes. What is it? The one that I wanted to discuss is that Mm -hmm. we took a little break. Some of you might have noticed we took a little break. Mm -hmm. And it's because we've been a little busy. Yeah. And this is kind of a passion project. Yeah. And we have profound passion. Yeah. Like obvious passion. I would say the passion is obvious. Yeah. Like. You can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah. Um, you know those little, you know, you get old goosebumps when you listen to our show mm-hmm. and you're like, these two, they, f- they really. I'm throbbing right now. They mean it. <laughs> I'm throbbing. <laughs> She's twerking in her seat. <laughs> I can't, I can't play this at my office. <laughs> Everyone will get freaked out. <laughs> So, the, I mean, the passion's still there. I don't want anybody to worry about that. Don't want anybody to worry about that. The trouble is we just we just had a lot on our plate. Yeah. And I, and I, I couldn't make the time personally. So Neither I could apologize. I. I mean, I feel like me more so than, than you the last few weeks. But, but we've both been very busy. I'm glad you admitted it. Well, I admitted it. I posted, I posted the last episode we recorded about a week ago. And at the beginning of it, I admitted yeah, it. Yeah, I have no memory of anything That's because you don't listen to my intros. Nope. Did you, did you know that I record intros and occasional, like, I'll insert and do letter from the editor during it, the show? You told me that you included a, a disclaimer that we don't care for that Christian website that reviewed I did. I did put that movies in. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, what, I, I'm like, all right, good. Yeah. You were like, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, I feel no, no, no. deeply. I've changed my mind. I actually have listened to a few. I like that very much. Oh, cool. Thank you. I think you. that's a really good addition to that. the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think, it, I think it, it's a table setter mm-hmm. and a uh, palate cleanser. Yeah. So you're throwing everything off the table and cleansing their palate. Yeah. Good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So the last movie that we talked about, if I recall, right. was... A Simple Plan. A Simple Plan starring Bill Paxton. Yeah. And that was part of our Paxton v. God set. Yes. We took a... a <clears throat> during the hiatus, we took... One step back from Bill Paxton. Right. Now, we do have some plans for more Bill Paxton I would, in the future. I would like to continue the Bill Paxton series, but yeah. every time we say we're going to do themes, we kind of yeah. diverge from them. But I, I kind of don't mind that. Well, in the same episode, I think we talked at length about the difference between a simple plan in the novel and a simple plan in the film. Yes. And then I, I don't recall if we addressed the other book we did. Wrote. Yeah, a little bit. But, but that inspired us to want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about... Yeah. The the author, Stephen... Um, Stephen... Not Stephen. Stephen... Stephen Tyler. Mm-mm. Mm. Stephen King. Well, that's one. A little bit. We wanted to talk yeah. a little bit more about Scott B. Smith's but, but, novel. Um, yeah. Like, we're going to talk about the ruins, but we should do a little housekeeping first, right? Especially because for the first time in our career as podcasters... 
the producers have gotten in touch with us and let us know that we have listener mail. Truly incredible. I'm, uh, I'm speechless. A listener actually took the time to log into their email account and email us an email. Uh, you talk to the producers? Do you not? I have, a, I, have a, I have no idea who they are. You don't? Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> you do realize that they produce this show. I realize that. We have, we, you signed an agreement. I signed something. I didn't look at it. Well, you're a lawyer, my I, friend. You should read anything you sign. I, Isn't that like I, the first thing you learn when studying for Debar? The contract was so thick. It was a really long contract that we signed. There were so many of those old stickers. But we do, I did get this message from the producers. Oh, um, you have the message. I have it. I have it did in my... It, did they print it up? It says a viewer email... You're looking at your... Are you looking at a telephone? Yeah, I'm looking at a telephone right now. Regular okay. so regular, this, regular telephone. This goes back to that GUI confusion I described a moment yeah. ago. Yeah, GUI. Um, <laughs> a, a viewer email responds to get that milk out of my face, which was our prior episode about a simple plan. Was that the title of the episode? Yeah. That was a good title. It, it, that's... Thank you. Um, so I, the producers chose it. <laughs> so uh, here's a viewer email from Scott from Vinland, New Jersey. How do you spell that? Which part? From? F-R-O-M? So that's English. Yeah, that's English. Do we think this is like a, an American? This whole thing is, yeah, New Jersey. We talked about New Jersey last last time. I've I, heard of I New- actually referred to it as New Jersey, New Jersey. I'm I'm more partial to Old Jersey. Old Jersey. Yeah, and, and, but Vinland. Yeah, Vinland, New Jersey. It's spelled like Vineland. Vineland. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, hi, Madeline and her attorney. Love the show. Oh, that's not nice. Love the show, and I hope you do some more Billy Bob Thornton movies soon. Maybe even Bad Santa, one of the best movies ever, and would love to hear your thoughts. Wait, this is from Scott and Vineland? Yeah. I wanted to ask you two a movie question. That seems appropriate. Who's your favorite movie, Scott? And then it says, thanks. Off the top of my head, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. I, it's the first one that came to my mind, and yeah. I actually don't have any issues with it. I really, really love that movie, actually. I've never seen it. Get I did watch the first 20 minutes once at a screening. Um, I went to a screening in Los Angeles of Scott Pilgrim, and it was like this whole event, and they were projecting it in the wrong aspect ratio, so I left. It's such a wild... Um, it's like Kill Bill in a way, mm-hmm. like in that it, he really enjoys making the movie. It feels to me like that movie is made by a guy who wanted to make like one movie, who had yeah. one idea, and that was it probably. It's Edgar Wright. It is Edgar Wright. He has a lot of ideas. Yeah, but... But I, it, you do know it's based on a comic book. I strongly get the idea from that movie that that was his like crowning achievement. I bet that I bet that he says that. I bet that he feels that way. Because that movie really feels like a uh, like a real blend of... of, of uh, I mean, I have no idea. Mediums. Well, you haven't seen it, apparently. I haven't seen it. No. I was in Toronto when he was shooting it. Oh, cool. And uh, they were that doing cool. a lot of extras casting of just like people in Toronto. And uh, they were very specific about how people should look. And they turned people down a lot for not being uh, attractive enough. Cool enough. Yeah. That movie, has, it's super stylized. Yeah. So everybody in it sort of looks emo. Yeah. They have a lot of dyed hair. Mm-hmm. They all, they all seem like they're wearing shorts and parkas. Yeah. Like, it's got a real interesting look. I, I, I mean, I, I would, did know that it was yeah. based on a comic book, but I've not ever looked at the comic book. Mm-hmm. I've seen 
like of Edgar Wright's films, I've seen the the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Um, which I'm I'm a big World's End fan. I think that's I've like seen all the of his one for me. Wow, the World's End. I yeah, bet that's I'll take that over any other. I thing bet he's that's done. a pretty unusual. It opinion. is. Most people will go for Hot Fuzz. Yeah, Hot Fuzz. Or if they are not um, like hot. film nerds, they'll generally go for Sean. I like Hot Fuzz very much. Yeah, I mean, Hot Fuzz is the action movie. It's like the buddy cop movie. It makes Simon Pegg seem like kind of a cool like yeah. badass. Yeah, and then Shaun of the Dead is just it's kind of become. Um, the zombie comedy. Yeah, and then the world's end. I think is for people who really like Sisters of Mercy and like love to to drink and do drugs. I think that yeah, I think that one yeah. is a lot harder to take. It, it's because... a much. I think it's a way more textured and deeper movie than the other two, and especially because it it isn't a happy film. No, and there's a, a yeah. fair argument that Simon Pegg is not. He's a bad the hero guy. and no, he he's not. He's the main one, character. That one ends in like collapse. It right? ends in dystopia. Like it ends yeah. in the world falling apart. Yeah. I mean, Shaun of the Dead begins in that position, mm-hmm. or at least the threat of that position. Yeah, but Shaun of the Dead has a generally hopeful outlook. I think. Rosie. Yeah. Yeah. While uh, World's End is is basically like you know what your youth was the best time of your life, <laughs> and now you have to make do with whatever is left. World's End is. I gotta watch it again. I've I love seen that one movie. Time. I've seen it a I, lot. I, I felt like while I was watching it, it was a movie that was about um, saying you gotta grow the fuck up. Oh, absolutely. That's a hundred percent. But also, yeah. the only guy that seems to be paying attention to what's happening is the guy that is like trapped in his yeah sort of perpetual adolescence. Yeah. Well, that's why it's kind of a conflicting message because it really yeah. is like you had everything available to you when you were young and now you don't, you but you still have to grow the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I love that character. I think his name is Gary King. I've joked about being him for Halloween a bunch. Not a joke. I've, I've thought about being him for Halloween many, many times. Um, I saw that. Mo- I've seen that movie three times in theaters. First, I saw it when it first came out, and then I went back to see it again in its initial theatrical run at an Alamo Draft House, specifically thinking I could keep up with their their beer crawl. I could not. No. It's an hour and a half long movie. You cannot drink 13 beers in an you, hour and a half. Cannot. I cannot. You are correct. Yeah. Maybe another could. Maybe you could. Maybe I could. But especially at an Alamo Draft House where the lightest thing you're getting is That's like a, a Coney eat. Island mermaid pilsner whatever the fuck yeah. um no, no, Engl- you couldn't drink 13 no. beers i think you i couldn't drink 13 english beers yeah in i think i had five beers in the four, course of the movie you have four minutes between beers and it's the only time i've ever been actively catcalled in a movie theater uh-huh some it was me my buddy ken and like there were some dudes in the back and of course because i was drinking so much beer i had to get up to pee a couple times i had already seen the movie that's fine and one of the times i'm coming back and one of them catcalled me. I was like, hey, come sit with us, good looking. Like, so I don't even remember. This is a long time ago, clearly. I saw it a third time in theaters, like a retro screening. Um, I own it. I've watched it several times, like on my own. I love The World's End. Yeah, I'll watch it again, actually, based on your love yeah. of it. Yeah. It's worth it. Because that's something I can put on mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon. And, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's not. I'll bring the Blu-ray No Country over. for Old Men, Feel where free. I have to sit yeah. and like kind of really. No, it's easy to watch. It. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. It it really moves along. Mm-hmm. I love Sisters of Mercy so much too. Like, and, what uh, a great fucking band! That the ridiculous the, band. The actress from um, Gone Girl, she's in that, right? 
Oh, she is. Rosalina yeah. Pike. Yeah. Rosamund. Rosamund? Whatever. I'm bad at names. That's why That's okay. I don't know who my favorite movie Scott is. Well, yeah, as, you know, I said that so quickly, and then I thought, well, I should have probably waited a little longer, but I honestly don't know another Scott. I mean, Scott Smith, the S- author, who we're literally talking about. Wait, but I wouldn't call him a movie Scott. No, I, I mean, I, I guess it's fair. My, I, I can't understand this question. Sorry, Scott from Vinland, New Jersey. Yeah, your sort of your a question sucked. Question. Listen, Scott, we appreciate yeah. that you listen to the podcast, but um. Have you ever read a question like this again? We'll kill you. We're going, we'll find you. We're going to kill ourselves. Yeah. So if you want more, stop doing Stop that. writing those. But everybody no, else. No, I'm just kidding, no, Scott. That, no, we would never do that. I, in all honesty, I said something I shouldn't have. No, I'm going to edit that you, out. I don't want you to worry. Don't edit me. I will. Scott, I want you to send this email every day. <laughs> Same email. For the rest of your life. No changes. If anybody wants to one-up Scott, go for it. Sorry, Scott. I don't think that's possible. You think think he won? I think Scott gave it his all. I think no one... uh, Our email address is Madeline and her attorney, spelled out. Exactly like it sounds. At gmail.com. Okay. Easy. I actually have a little bit of podcast news. I've been in talks. With who? With an independent film director. Oh, you've told me about this. I really want to do it. I I don't want to say their name because I don't want to... I don't know. I don't want to create pressure. We'll promote them when we you know, have last, them on the show. I really just don't want to sound like I'm trying to use their name to our advantage until yeah. I know that that's actually okay. But uh, I'll read to you the talks. Uh, I talked to my friend and podcast partner about potentially bringing you in for an episode. And she, my partner, was enthusiastic about the possibility mm-hmm. to which this filmmaker said, oh, interesting. Then one day passed, and she said, keep me posted. And then I said, oh, great. Cool, I'm mostly out of commission until July, she said, at which point I said, let me know what you'd like to do if you have any creative preferences, and we have not spoken since. Okay. But honestly, that is more promising than yeah. it sounds. I think um, the question is listeners, our listeners, our you know, seven, eight listeners, um, I don't, honestly, we got like fifty I'd, plays on the last I'd episode. I'd be delighted to interview week, so. every filmmaker yeah. among do them. Do you want to? Do you want to hear us talk to filmmakers, or do you want to just have us get drunk and talk about queso or whatever? Like, I would. I really would love more feedback. Mer- I, Merms is the most active when it comes I'd to communicating fe- with us. Randy is second. Do you want us to come back after we're done and do an epilogue about the ice cream we ate? I actually really like that idea. Yeah, why don't you give us an email? Yeah, email us. About whether or not you want that. Yeah, because we're going to end the episode of Ice Cream immediately. It's going to get posted We need to know in a if, few days. if that's what you want. Okay, all right. All right, um, but, but the, all right so now how long, how long would you say this episode is at this point? We're at 26 minutes. And I do want to hear about the movies that you watched this week. I really like asking that question. You always seem to forget that I want to ask you that. Uh, or you fine. do it on purpose to like whet their appetites for the actual subject matter. How, I, how could I possibly do that? Do what? I don't even know what you mean. What are you talking about? Wet their appetites. Yeah. Who's the listeners? Yes, <laughs> the producers. I don't think of them at all. You, I, uh, <laughs> who do you think about? I, uh, I, um, I mean, you did buy a giant screen to cover your face, so I can barely see you when we speak anymore. I, we heard a little bit. I heard one negative comment about Echo. Oh, yeah, me too. And, I heard that also. And so I, I bought this um, sound erasing echo chamber, well, or whatever, not echo antechamber, mm-hmm. so that I could hopefully make the quality of the, the podcast a little more, you know, 
listenable. Uh, but but I did actually watch some movies this week. Yeah. I watched I watched a couple on my d- television. I used uh, uh, I think HBO and Amazon Prime. The first was called The Gentleman. It stars Matthew McConaughey and I Jeremy watch Strong. That so bad. I think that one's on HBO. Yeah, I mean, you know why I want to watch that. Is it because of Charlie Hunnam? No, it's because of uh, the next movie that Guy Ritchie did. Uh, what's the next one? Wrath of Man. Oh yeah. Well, have we talked about Wrath of Man on Not this podcast? Not on the podcast. No, but oh, we that definitely was, ought to. Wrath of Man was one of the first things we almost came back to the podcast for. Yeah. No, that's a really interesting movie. I've seen Wrath of Man four times. Actually, it's sort of fascinating that Jason Statham was in, was not in The Gentleman. Yeah. And I almost wonder if the lead role that went to Matthew McConaughey was written for Jason Statham. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big McConaughey because, fan. Yeah. And I, I, I never thought I liked Guy Ritchie that much. When I was young and Lockstock was new and Snatch was new, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I, yeah, I but saw then Snatch I'm like, this is guy shit. I don't care. And, you know, guy I mean, shit. no one was really interested in Guy Ritchie for a, a hot minute. Uh, yeah, I don't think I saw a movie of Guy Ritchie's since Snatch. Yeah. Until you put on uh, Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man. Yeah, which I'm obsessed with Wrath of Man. We maybe should do an episode on Wrath of Man. Maybe we should. Yeah. I, I would love to watch The Gentleman because I hear it's also as nihilistic as Wrath of Man is. I don't know about that. You don't know? It's a little cuter. Okay. The whole movie really, if I had to give my my 30-second review, mm-hmm. the whole movie is, well, 90% of the movie is an explanation of events that have been said to have... Hugh Grant plays a shitty tabloid reporter. Right. And he is explaining to Charlie Hunnam, who is uh, Matthew McConaughey's consigliere, mm-hmm. a sequence of events that he alleges have already transpired in an attempt to give them a little information that might be useful to avoid the next thing that's going to happen. So the movie has a, a, a narrative, you know, a narrator, a spoken narrator, which is Hugh Grant doing this like, dirtbag accent for the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I was fine with. I actually find it fascinating. It's an interesting movie because he, he does make a peculiar choice to frame it as almost a pitch for a movie. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get to see some of the characters doing some of what he's saying they did. And then sometimes Charlie Hunnam will say, no, that's not right. And he's like, well, I'm embellishing. You know, and it's like, it's, it's like a, a movie about making a movie almost in yeah. that regard. Yeah. It's not as it's not nearly as nihilistic as as Wrath, Wrath of Man. Man. Okay, all right, interesting. Although it does, you know, and if I had to say, I think McConaughey, he must have been like a producer's first choice because mm-hmm. there's no reason for him to be in it. <laughs> not okay. really, not really. Yeah. He's like this American was a Rhodes Scholar, so he went from where he lived in America to here, and now the rest of the movie's set here. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it could have just been any guy. Who went to Oxford? And, you know, like it could have just been any guy. It is sort of funny though that like you've got it's set in in in, in called, Oxford. It's set in well, well yeah, in he, the UK. Yeah, in, in the UK. Yeah, he called, the man is set in Los Angeles, and it's all English actors speaking in uh, American accents. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, that's an oddity of that. It's movie. a really weird movie. I'm obsessed with it. I fucking love Wrath of Man. Yeah. I do have a little bit of a cold. So if you hear that uh, tonight. You, uh, you sound the same as you always do. And I do apologize. Yeah. I am human. Um, so that was one. That, you know, it, 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 I played it on a Saturday afternoon. It's 8.58. Everybody. 
Take a deep breath. We'll resume the podcast in that, just a moment. Okay, we're good. We're it's, done. It's, okay. it's off by two hours for yeah, some yeah. reason. It's off by two hours and two minutes. Well, yeah, the two minutes doesn't matter, but the clock will say 8.58 yeah. or 9, 9, and then it'll only chime seven times. Mm-hmm. So the chimes are off, which <laughs> which I don't know how to fix. I, I wasn't counting. I was too busy trying to do ASMR. It almost doesn't matter, except at 1 o'clock, it will chime 11 times, and at 2 o'clock, it will chime 12 times. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a great time to hear 12 chimes. Yeah. Uh, 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. In the, two, I fell asleep half an hour ago. At 2 a.m. it doesn't matter, but at 2 in the afternoon it's very mysterious. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the second movie that I watched was the most recent James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't expect you want to talk about it. Nah. I, I don't know if I can talk about it. Yeah. It just hit Amazon Prime. You can watch it if you have the Amazon Prime account. Yeah. I don't dislike Bond movies, by the way. I feel like I should add that. I actually quite like Bond movies, yeah. but I simply have not seen one in quite a while. I have been a huge fan of the James, Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. James Bond movies. Yeah. I, I just love them. But you and know, I loved Layer Cake, which that is like a Guy Ritchie spinoff. With Daniel Craig, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. Not, it is Daniel Craig. Is it? That's why I brought it up. It's not Clive Owen? No, it is, in fact, Daniel Craig and Matthew Vaughn. Okay. Yeah. Who produced a lot of Guy Ritchie stuff and then went ahead and directed Layer Cake with Daniel Craig. Okay. I wouldn't have brought it up otherwise. Um, I, I quite like that movie. It's, it's In my opinion, it's a good James Bond movie mm-hmm. with, I think, a probably pretty controversial ending. Interesting. So, yeah. I think Matt watched it. Matt watches all the Bond stuff when I'm out. Oh, it's, yeah. I, I was entertained through and through. It's the it's the only James Bond movie I've ever seen that kind of made me cry. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Do you want that from a James Bond movie? I don't know. I, I mean, know. there's 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 been I don't know lots of takes on the Bond. Yeah. Well, Daniel Craig's is now over, and we can see what they do with it if they do anything with it moving mm-hmm. forward. They certainly will. Yeah, I don't. We don't need to dwell too much on it, except nah, that I thought fine. it was pretty good. I thought, uh, what's the kid's name? R- Rami Malek. Yeah, Rami Malek. He was fine. I like him. I think maybe he's may- Mr. Robot. He might have been miscast. Yeah, it seemed he honestly just seemed too young for the role. Yeah, I feel like it should have been an old guy. And I wonder if somebody said that all your all your all your antagonists are old guys. Mm-hmm. Like make them young. Like uh, and maybe he would have been better for. Uh, Skyfall, mm-hmm. where Javier Bardem played a a former agent. I think I saw that one. You know, I, I feel like Javier Bardem was sort I don't of remember a decade too old to play a guy who was like some supercomputer genius. Yeah, I feel like the last one I remember in graphic detail is the one where Robert so Robert Carlyle has a bullet in his head. The world is not enough. Yeah, that's one where uh, yeah. the bad guy owned a newspaper. I wanted to wait. Really? Start. He wanted. He owned to, a newspaper. He wanted to start World War Three. Oh man! To sell papers. I like that one. That one had a garbage theme song. Yeah, I think it was uh, Jonathan Price mm-hmm. as the bad guy. That was a Pierce Brosnan. Uh, the one I'm talking about is a Pierce Brosnan one. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Recall. yeah. I think. Yeah, I, was I, Michelle Yeoh in it? I know she's in one of them. That might be one it. of the Pierce Brosnans. She's in one of the Brosnans. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought that might be it, but I could I could have that confused with a different one. Yeah, she's in one of them. Because Denise Richards was in one. Was it that one? It wasn't that one. Right? I don't remember. And Rose and Rosamund Pike was in one of them. Really, the one with Halle Berry. And that's that's not the world is not enough. That's the next one. That's the last one Bra- Brosnan was in. It's like or he drove an invisible car. Yeah, Bond were... movies have such funny names. They're like Time to Die. No time to die. There we go. No time to die. <laughs> is that is that a? I think that's a Brosnan one. That's the last. I think one. that's the Halle no, Berry no, that's one. That's the right? last one. 
That's Daniel Craig's oh, last that's the, movie. <laughs> that's the one you were just no talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the World is Not Enough is the one that Garbage wrote the theme song for. <laughs> what's, the, what's the last Brosnan one? It has a name like that. <laughs> Maybe it's Time to Die. I don't know. I feel like I should look it up. There was You Only Live Twice. Yeah, that, but that's Connery. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. Well, let's just proceed, actually, because now we're deep into the podcast, and yeah. uh, we still haven't really touched upon the core thesis of this episode. That would be... Die Another Day. Die Another Day. Yeah. Well, that would be The Ruins. We, the ruins. we, we actually, um, since we did the Scott Smith episode, we mentioned The Ruins... And I, I love The Ruins. I love it so much. You love the movie. I love the movie and the book. You've read the book and you've seen the movie now and you love them both. Yeah, I love them both. I want to be clear about that because I, yeah. I did a little, you know, I, I did slapdash internet research after watching the movie, you know, prior to the, to the mm-hmm. recording of this. Yeah. And it, I was surprised to discover that there was both a certain antipathy toward the movie and the book, yeah, I'm, I'm no, definitely because I think it's like a perfect book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that that's a book that I read practically cover to cover in one yeah. sitting. I wish I could. I I did read it cover to cover in one sitting. Yeah. We talked about that on the last episode. Um, I wish I could remember it a little better. I read it in 2013, so it's been almost a decade. Yeah, and after I rewatched the movie to talk about it today, I did dig through my bookshelf trying to find it, and I fear I gave it to somebody. Because I couldn't find it, yeah. and I, I legit would have reread it probably before we recorded. Yeah, I, I, and rewatching the movie, I realized my memory of the story is actually the book, mm-hmm. not the movie. And I, I felt a little frustrated at the, 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 the in, we'll call them discrepancies, I guess, be, yeah. between my memory of the story and what's yeah. happening on screen. And I remembered prior to starting the rewatch that it was going to be different. And I remembered in some some of the major distinctions. Uh, so I guess at this point, we, I think we both recommend reading the book. Definitely. And I think we both recommend watching the movie. I'd be shocked if Definitely. we didn't. Yeah, I, I, and, and I actually think for this, I would do it in the reverse order. So after a simple plan, we sort of landed on watch the movie first, read the book after. I think that's the best experience. I, I don't agree. I, I still say book that, first. You said that in the last episode. What did I say? You said movie first, book after. That's what I said about Simple Plan. Yes. I'm sorry. For the runes, I think it's the the reverse. I watch, lost, the bo- I, ro- yeah. watch the book first. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, watch no. that book. I misunderstood what you're saying. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Read the book. The book, you'll you'll burn it. If you're a yeah. reader, you, you'll read it so fast. If you are, it. if you are a reader and you like suspense, and, and so, you know, and, and I mean, honestly, you like horror. thriller, sci-fi, horror, anything genre, you will burn through this book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the movie after. Although that will probably, yeah, but you know, it's funny doing it in the, in the, in that order, book then movie will probably both make you appreciate the movie more Mm -hmm. and like it less. You think so? I get that feeling. Cause I I think the book's such a rich experience. The book's a lot deeper, but the book is a lot longer. Well, sure. And it could be longer. It's not, the book's not 90 pages long. Mm -hmm. But I also, again, same with simple plan. I think they complement each other really nicely and they're very different in a way that is still exciting even if you've heard the story in another, you know, telling. Yeah, this is an example where I really think the book is a... I think maybe this is a story that is um, so internal yeah, that the fear is so personal that to film it almost unnecessarily diminishes the horror of the experience. All right, and deeply disagree, but... um, 
I also think it's because the way that the antagonist has been altered. And when you say the antagonist, are you referring to the... What are you referring okay. to? So the story is, to back up a little bit, the ruins, assuming you have, you know, you know it. I, I think for this one, um, if you have not seen or read it and you don't want it to be ruined for you, go ahead and do it now. You have to stop now. Yeah, because I, I don't want to... We can't talk about the movie even... even ten, for, yeah, I don't want to bite about, my tongue on this we one. We can't talk about 10 pages of the book or yeah. two... Actually, interestingly, I paused when they finally got to the ruins, and it was mm -hmm. 21 minutes in. So we yeah. could we could talk about the first 21 minutes. No, but we're not going to. We're going to go all the way through the end. Yeah, yeah for sure. And possibly ruin the end of a simple plan too. We'll, we'll do our best. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fuck it up. We gotta watch um, out for ice cream time. Yeah, but we're good. We've got like an hour. Um, so we're, we won't go an hour. Don't worry. Don't worry, listener. Uh, so <laughs> it is about a um, two couples. Who have just graduated. I don't know if they've graduated from high school or college. College. From college. One's going to medical school. Yeah. So they've graduated from um, undergrad. Um, so they've graduated college. And two couples go on vacation to Cancun in Mexico. Um, and towards the end of their vacation, they meet a German guy, uh, Matthias. Matthias, yeah. Matthias. 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 Am I doing it? Yeah, you're you're doing it. I'm doing it. You're doing it, Madeline. And he tells them that his brother Heinrich, uh, a few days ago, left to go with a girl he had met in Cancun, an archaeologist, an archaeologist, or to go investigate ruins, and didn't come back. And he has a map, and he wants to go and find his brother. So the two couples are like, "That sounds like a legitimate adventure. We're tourists, and we've been sort of like on a path." And we would like to break off that path and go on a real adventure, be real explorers. So we're going to go with you. So he was originally going to go with a group of Greek guys we met there. And they leave a map for two of the Greek guys. One of them comes with him. And the six of them go off to find these ruins. Where, of course, things go horribly wrong. That is the... The general plot. Yeah, in a nutshell, they, they find ancient ruins and they're uh, overwhelmed by what they encounter on the ruins. And my, in my viewing of the movie, I feel like the antagonists are really the, the kids. Well, they are their own villains. The plants are a force of nature. I mean, they haven't really talked about the plants yet. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, again, we're spoiling the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's killer plants. Yeah, there's a vine. There's vines. There's a vine with that a can, little flower that is exceptionally carnivorous and predatory. It is flesh eating and it is uh, sound mimicking. It's a very developed plant. It consumes everything organic. Yeah. And, and I see, these are things that are interesting in the book. Mm -hmm. They get there and there's like, Nylon tents there, but nothing, no leather. There are yeah. belt buckles, but no belts. And, you know, denim jeans are destroyed. There's grommets. Like, I remember the book mm -hmm. having all these, like, it was, it's more like a mystery in the book. Yeah. They arrive at the end, and in the book, by the way, they describe the ruins as a hill, not as it is. a Mayan it, temple. The, that is a change that was made specifically for the movie. Yeah. So the movie changed it to a temple so that it would be visually more interesting. In the book, it is a hill that has a, a mine on the top. It's a hole. Yeah. That they could go into, and they wind up kind of trapped on this hill With a, where they're completely surrounded a by rope on a, on a yeah. pulley that descends yeah. into the center of it. Um, and okay, well, should we 
talk about the, the movie a little bit, how it's made? Well, you love the movie. I do love the movie. So you start. All right. So the, I, I, and I like the movie. I just don't know that I love it. Yeah, I love the movie. Yeah. Um, in watching it this time around, I have even more established, like, I fucking love this movie. I think it is extremely underrated. Um, okay, but to back up. So Scott Smith wrote A Simple Plan in the early 90s, 93, right? I don't know if it was that early, but... It, what, yeah, no, no. I, I think I'm right. Well, I'll verify. Go on. Okay. So in the early 90s, Scott Smith writes A Simple Plan. A few years later, it gets um, optioned. It gets adapted into a movie. It all kind of takes some time as he's new. The story is new. And then the movie comes out. And, You're right. It was 1993. Yeah, and it's a hit. Um, so then... Scott Smith kind of drops off the map. And finally, 13 years later in 2006, he releases a new book called The Ruins. And I believe he worked on other books in between and just never really finished them. Yeah. In this interview I read uh, today, he said mm -hmm. that he was in the midst of writing his follow-up and uh, he was a thousand pages in and he <laughs> felt like he needed, he needed another 3,000 to finish it. Yeah. And so he just conceded and gave up on that project and wrote the ruins yeah which to me proves that he is a a horror author at the end of the day i think a simple plan is is really leaning into horror in a way I mean, um, more than anything else yeah right? definitely i mean people want to call it a crime thriller and I, I think a lot of people who were fans of a simple plan 13 years later were annoyed that he then put out a true horror book hmm uh, that's almost leaning into creature feature. Yeah, it's got a creature feature would be the movie term. I don't know what you'd call it for, but creature it's like a science book. fiction night, you know, yeah. horror story. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but to me, that sort of solidifies that like what he is really writing about is horror. Yeah. Um, just in different, you know, settings. Yeah, it's like a uh, an existential horror. Yeah. This is almost a Lovecraftian horror. The book yeah. the book is almost it has Lovecraftian. A the first and, one, and the monster, a monster was can, a dude. You can barely conceive of in this. Yeah. And the second one, the monster is nature. Yeah. It, it is. Um, yeah, perfectly. It's, it's ecological evolved. horror, at that, like yeah. overall. Um, so he puts out the book, The Ruins, and even before he has completed writing it, his good buddy, Ben Stiller, who worked with him on the script for A Simple Plan and then didn't wind up making the movie, even though he wanted to, options it under his studio. I didn't, I didn't, that's interesting. So Ben Stiller's production studio made the ruins. And because Ben Stiller bought it so quickly, knowing it was going to be a hit, he also um, made sure that Scott Smith would be able to write the script. Now, my understanding is Scott Smith had a lot less involvement after the script was completed than he did with The Simple Plan, where I think he was even on set for quite a bit of it. But I think he wrote the script for the ruins and then it kind of got shipped off. And Ben Stiller's production company made it in tandem with DreamWorks. Well, it's mostly it's mostly a faithful reproduction of the book. I would say it, it for the most part is, and the biggest difference is the source of everything that goes wrong. Well, again, I don't know if I agree with you about that. I mean, I I will I, like I have arguments. <laughs> well, you, don't, you don't have to say that. <laughs> It's sort of assume you have some point. So um, the book comes out and Stephen King raves yeah. about it. I, yeah. I, I got a quote from him. I think I bought this book because of Stephen King's yeah. 
comments on Twitter or something. I like how I opened up my phone to read the quote and in my pictures where I would have had that quote, all it is is a picture of my negative COVID test from this morning. Um, which, you know, that's good too. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, here we go. The Book of the Summer. That would be The Ruins by Scott Smith. Last heard from in 1993. No quietly building Ruth rendell style suspense here smith intends to scare the bejabbers out of you and succeeds there are no chapters and no cutaways the ruins is your basic long scream of horror it does for mexican vacations what jaws did for new england beaches in 1975 it is the best horror novel of the new century which he's right yeah. And to my to my limited knowledge, I don't I'm not a big reader of horror specifically. Yeah, but. and I agree with it, but I do think there's something in there that is kind of already setting up the movie for failure. Bijabbers? Mexican vacations. Okay. So okay, back up, back up. Um so the script has been licensed. He's wor- he's written it. DreamWorks DreamWorks is gonna produce it. And the book is out. It's brand new. Stephen King has been raving about it. Everyone is buying it. Fashion photographer Carter Smith, um, who is just like a really interesting, like he does a lot of like um, gay man photography. Gay man photography. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, <laughs> but like a lot of male body kind of photography. Yeah, yeah. But but he's f- in the fashion world. Okay. Uh, he's made a short film called Bug Crush, which I really wanted to watch before this. I didn't have a chance. It's about half an hour long. If you Google it, you can find it online. Um, he's got a new movie coming out called Swallowed, which comes out this year. It may have been at film festivals already. I'm not sure. But either way, I'm very excited as he seems to be into horror and bugs. So That's not about the woman who swallows things. No, that's Swallow, not Swallowed. Okay. That movie's fantastic. It's a good movie. Hard recommend on Swallow. Um, but that's about um, Pika? Doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Carter Smith has famous, a copy of the book. Famous game man photographer. <laughs> Carter Smith has a copy of the book. And he's going on vacation, and he's just going to read the book on vacation, as Stephen King recommended. (coughs) And he gets a call from his agent that says, hey, DreamWorks is in touch. They want you to direct this movie. It's called The Ruins. And he's like, what? Scott Smith, The Ruins? And he's like, yeah. So he reads the book immediately and is basically like, I really want to make this movie. And he gets the gig. So we've got a first-time feature director um, who's kind of young, cool perspective, and a script by someone who was really established, like got an Academy Award nominated for A Simple Plan. And DreamWorks put some money into it. Um, Ben Stiller's team is is doing the production. Um, And they shoot it in Australia instead of Mexico. Hmm. Which is really funny. Uh, some of the criticism I've read online is that uh, that part of Mexico actually would be really flat, and Australia is really mountainous. So some people were like, "That's not Mexico." <laughs> just based on the background. <laughs> yeah, just based on the like the visual. The topography. Yeah, uh. they shot it in winter, so it was actually very cold, and they were having to spray them down with like olive oil to keep them looking sweaty. 
And then they had winter coats like off camera that they would throw on them immediately when they finished shots because it was really cold. Um, I love the cast. Yeah, it's got the guy that's not Ethan Embry. Every time I see him, I'm like, that's not Ethan Embry, but it reminds me of Ethan Embry. Which the one? guy who played, I guess his name is Jack or Jeff. Jeff. Jeff yeah. is, is okay, so it's Amy, who's Jenna Malone. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff, Stacey. who is he's something Tucker. I, I can't remember his name. He, he's got a tr- he's got a huge IMDb record. He's, yeah, he, he's he been in a constantly. lot of movies. Yeah. yeah, and he's been a lot of these people are like and he's from good. horror movies. He's good in, in the this. early 2000s. He's good in a lot of things. Yeah, he might have also been in Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I could but be wrong about that. The names are really Jenna Malone and Sean Ashmore. Sean yeah, Ashmore Iceman. was Iceman. Yeah, Bobby Drake. So we had two child actors who were yeah. doing this like weird mature horror movie where they're sexy, sexy like young adults. Yeah. Um, and then Stacy is uh, Sean yeah. Ashmore's character is Eric. So it's Eric, Stacy, Amy, and Jeff. And Mateus. And Mateus, who is um, uh, he's actually a British actor. Yeah, he's in he, Hannibal. I, I his name is I don't remember I, his name, it but it doesn't matter. He's very good looking. They're all very good looking. Yeah, and that's part of what's Jenna so Malone interesting is about the, the movie. Ugliest of the five. No, she is not. Who's the ugliest, Madeline? Is it is it Probably Iceman? Jeff. It might be Jeff. It's Jeff. He's in good shape, though. He is in good shape. The I gay mean, man photographer are, knew how to shoot that guy. Ugly, but yeah, it's, that was my point. It's a, it's it's like five beautiful people. Yeah, but that is sort of the point of the it story. It is the point of the story because these, they feel immune to uh, their tourists. They feel invincible. They yeah. are young. We paid to be here. I mean, let's. It's it's you know American tourists. The book definitely puts more emphasis on the like international quality of American, German, and Greek. Right, because we haven't even talked about that. Yeah. You, br- you briefly mentioned the fact that there were supposed to be some Greeks involved. Yes. And they didn't quite make it. Um, In the book, I forget how many make it. I think one, one. Greek. It's the same. But yeah. the only difference is he doesn't get killed right away. Yeah, in the book, he, he's, In the book, he survives and they all last the a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no, not all of them. Not all of them, no. Actually, Amy dies first. Yeah. Which is funny because in the movie, she's sort of the final girl. No. Yes. You're wrong. I'm right. I don't think so. I'm right. I think she's the last one. Mm-mm, Stacy is. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. I I I made sure to go through and okay. kind of read. Right. A, my apologies. Yeah. I thought that in my head I thought no, that she in, was in the, the one. No, in the book, Amy is a lot more annoying and yeah. she dies very early. And they kind of tweaked it. So and I I mean the differences are um the character uh, who is Dimitri in the film and Pablo in the book, he's taken a Spanish name, Pablo, but he is a Greek guy. His name is Dimitri. Um, he, he speaks no English. He speaks no English. Right. He gets killed at the bottom of the temple. In the, the movie, in the he is shot to kind of set the stakes. Yeah. So that these people down at, so it's about these tourists mm-hmm. that trump through the unmarked path to find ruins that are not on any map. Yeah, and they arrive there in moments of a minute within a minute of arriving. Yeah, um, people that live there, indigenous peoples, mm-hmm. they call them the Mayans. They, they're Mayan tribe. And yeah, th- they show up and they start shouting at them in a language that is not English, that is not Spanish, that is not Greek, and that yeah. is not German. So they do not understand. And so it. nobody can understand what yeah. they're telling them. Yeah, but they have also received many warning signs prior to this moment in both stories. That is a consistent point that there have been so many reasons they should not continue on this journey. Yeah. They try to get a taxi to bring them there, and the guy is like, no. 
That place bad. Absolutely not. <laughs> and they wind up bribing him to get him to send them there. As they're on their way on the path, they see like, you know, people from the Mayan tribe. It's little kids in the movie. And the kids are staring at them like, what are you doing here? And they're like, well, we'll just keep going. Who cares about these children? And then the path is covered up. Yeah. The path has been hidden. And they tear down the leaves and they're like, well, let's keep going. Instead of being like, there is a reason. They are like, oh, well, either, you know, um, the people who went ahead, they found treasure and the Mayans are going to steal it or something. Like they completely assume that they are in a place where they're the smartest people. Yeah, they're civilized and everything they're, around yeah, them is, uh, is, is uncivilized. Uncivilized. And, and they have the right <laughs> and are, are correct in doing so and continuing on their path. We have a cell phone. Path. We can call for help if we need it. Actually, yeah. that's a big part of it. They all assume yeah. that it, help is on the way. It's one of the only movies where cell phone service not being available is like 100% believable and is like really upsetting. And it has one of, I think, the greatest technology scares in like horror movies. Okay. Yeah. Which is the cell phone ring. Down in the down in the shaft? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's such a, 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 a cool and terrifying like scare. But see, here's a, and here's the thing where mm -hmm. the book and my my memory of the book is, they spend a lot of time. They hear this ring down the shaft, mm -hmm. and they spend a lot of time, and they sustain serious injury, trying to recover the phone. They do that in the movie well, in too. The movie, everything. See, here's the thing about the it movie. It happens very quickly. In the movie, in everything the movie, happens yeah. almost automatically. Yeah. And the, well, I, and, so and book, also, I think that works in the movie's favor, favor because it shows how stupid they are, uh, that they don't stop and think about what they're doing before they do it. Sure. And I think, you know, uh, well, imagine... The, all right, so hold yeah. on. In the book, the vine is acidic. Do you yeah. recall that? Mm -hmm. they, when they touch the vine, it burns their it hands. It burns them. And that, it, that doesn't happen in the, yeah, in and the when movie. It, and it does grow on their clothes. Yeah. And when they try and to again, brush it off, it burns them. Again, it's and in making the, the vine less of the reason why things happen. Yeah, and, and so in the movie, or rather in the book, the vine has crept out and wrapped around the, the mine... Uh, I don't know what you call it, the rope that leads yeah. down into mm -hmm. the into the mine. And so as they lower the first person yeah. down, it's the vine breaking that causes the rope and to And in, in the movie, it's, just it's because rope. they don't look at the rope before they start. Yeah. It's very obvious. And so what, what, one of the things I think is so interesting and in the way the character dynamics are changed in the movie is Jeff is such a self-confident asshole. He really thinks he knows what's going on. He thinks he's in charge. He thinks he's right. And his girlfriend, Amy, and they really are the two main characters. She is, she's not really that dumb. In fact, she's right a lot, but she has no confidence. So she doesn't speak up frequently. Hmm. And she doesn't insist upon things. She doesn't want to go. Yeah. She doesn't insist upon it. She kind of caves in. She agrees. She's like, fine, I'll do it. You want to do it. I'll go. And winds up. And like that's the moment she's kind of dead. It, she's dead they, right at the beginning when, when she there, agrees to go with Jeff. When they get there and they say there's a hiking component, she's like, hiking? I no, wore flip flops. Nobody said there was hiking involved. Yeah. Like, Come on, we got an 11 mile and they hike laugh and they're flip flops. At her. Yeah. And so she's being undermined constantly when often her instinct is dead on. Mm -hmm. So when they are, so they, they get to the temple, not a hill, it, it is a temple. 
They, um, the, the Mayans show up, the Mayans are yelling at them. They don't understand why she takes a picture. They assume it's because she took a picture, but it's actually because they've stepped in the plants at this point. They touch the plants. Once you touch the plant, you are fucked. You You're gotta, done. Now you gotta stay. And they know this. <laughs> they own this land. They know this area. They know these plants. They know there is an ancient thing living here that is very dangerous. And in a way, they are both protecting the world from it and, you know, controlling what's going on yeah there's salt there's like a moat of salt around the perimeter they're salting the earth frequently like they get shown a couple times it's kind of gorgeous visual um and um they just don't respect any of it they don't pay attention they don't care yeah but you wouldn't care you wouldn't care if you saw a bunch of vines. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to like walk into a jungle. Right, but, but the vines aren't the thing that should tell them to turn around. Well, sure. Yeah, and that's how the movie kind of maintains the mystery but by the, making but the, the, but vines the vines are appear. the only reason any of their choices are poor. Ultimately, well, no. If, I, if there's no I, vines, well, you were you were saying that like. Yeah, if there's no vines, then their choices right. are fine. Yeah. But at the same People time... People do actually vacation in Mexico. People do go to these, these Mayan... Yeah, well, that's why you know, I'm saying the, the concept of, like, be afraid of going on a Mexican vacation. Like, fuck that. That's stupid. Right. That's not what this is about. No. This is about, Dangerous like... vines. Colonialist, <laughs> like... Like attitudes, yeah, imperialism, the, and the, also not well, respecting nature. More like capitalist. I mean, no, frankly, yeah, I it's mean really now, about money more than anything else because yeah. they kind of just offer they offer the cabbie more money. He says, "All right," he rolls his eyes and he takes them. Mm-hmm. When the guy with the gun shows up and starts shouting about you can't be here, they're like, "Maybe he wants some money." We'll just give him money, or we'll give him the camera or whatever. Yeah. They don't understand. Yeah, it's, they, they, they think it's much. That's more again how they make the vines a little less threatening initially. Yeah. Um. But then, so they get to the top. Now they think they're stuck. They hear a phone ringing. They're like, we need to get that phone. And immediately. Everything falls apart. Matthias jumps. <laughs> Just it, it's, this it, is the it, half hour. Yeah. That's the half. Matthias jumps on the rope and they start lowering him down like that. They don't think about it. And um, Amy sees it first. She yeah. sees that the rope is frayed. And she starts going, oh, I think something might be uh, wrong with the... And it breaks. <laughs> And like, they don't, they like start trying to get him up and like grab him, fucking do anything. Listen, that's a good scene. And I think that is one of the scariest moments in the movie. Also, can I again talk about, this movie is beautiful. Yeah. Um, so it was shot by a director of photography. His name is Darius, um, Darius Kanji, I think. Let me, let me double check his name because I, I don't want to fuck it up. Um. Two seconds. The scene where Matthias drops into yeah. the, the shaft in total silence, into total darkness, and horrifying, fa- and falls for like three seconds before he hits hard. It, it's a very effective scene. It, it's chilling to think about. Yeah, just that dead fall. Darius Kanji. Yeah, I got it right. So um, he is—is is he a Iranian? I know he's Middle Eastern. I don't know if that matters, but... Well, he's he's a, a very interesting cinematographer. He shot a lot of uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet's films, like uh, The City of Lost Children. He shot Seven. Oh. Um, most importantly to me, he shot The Beach. With Leonardo DiCaprio? I love that movie. I love Danny um, Boyle. You know that. The Bach. Yeah. Uh, the Bach. <laughs> that's an inside joke. That's not fair. That's not fair. Nobody, <laughs> no one's going to laugh at that. <laughs> just me. Just then. <laughs> but um, so they got... A, a really talented 
and renowned cinematographer to come and shoot this movie and you can see it it looks good the it's gorgeous they used all natural light yeah if, frankly um, if they didn't play sort of menacing music at the very beginning actually you know what's funny it starts with a uh it starts with a shot of a woman it does cowering in fear it's, screaming for help as she gets killed by plants and getting yanked away so and i forgot that was the opening scene of the movie well um because that kind of sets the sta- if stage I, for why there's a cell phone down there. If I ask that, you, that's the reason that that I bet yeah. that's the reason they did that. Like, well, why would why would the audience believe there's a cell phone down there? Is that the reason you think they did that? I suspect that's it. They, they did I, something. I mean, I know the reason they did that. Oh, okay, well, that was shot way after principal photography because of test screenings. Oh, did the te- did the audience say why was there? Why would they think there was a cell phone down there? No, they said the horror started too late. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, that was the criticism that they received from test screenings that made them put a horror scene at the very beginning of the movie. Earlier today, we were we were talking about how so many films are neutered by test screenings. Yeah. Because they get Rendered shown to a... Sexually like, inert. Yeah. We were very specifically talking about Katarina Longworth's podcast. And, um, uh, you must remember this in her erotic 80s even series. Even more specifically, nine and a half weeks. Yeah, Adrian Lyons' movies getting just like totally... Like just... Yeah. yeah, made very simple and easy by test screenings because he was making them with a major studio. And this is another case of that, where there's a few things that were changed in this movie because they tested badly. And you that's know, one. They had you, to add a horror scene at the beginning because they're cut, like, it's a horror movie. Why doesn't the horror start immediately? Uh, I hate people. I do too. If you cut that out and you start the movie and you give it a more upbeat tone, yeah, it, the, the impact of the horror harder. would have been more severe. Mm-hmm. People would have remembered it differently. People would have recommended it. There's a movie actually called uh, The Perfect Getaway with Steve Zahn. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> actually, uh, it's got a, like a tremendous cast in today's, like, uh, whatever, by yeah. today's standards, because Steve Zahn was probably the lead. And, uh, and uh, who was the woman who was uh, married to her director? Uh, Come on, Fifth Element. What's her name? Uh, it's it's Paul W. S. Anderson, right? No, no Fifth Element is Luke Besson. Why am I thinking of? Um, yeah, Lilu. What's her name? The actress. Oh. Come on, Resident Evil. Yeah, that's Paul W. S. Anderson's wife. No, no, it's. it's I'm not. right. Yeah, well, maybe it is then. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. No, it's a. Uh, God, now I'm forgetting her name, but she's she's Alice in Resident Evil, yeah, and she's yeah. Lilu she, in she, the Fifth Element. She played. I think she married the director of. I think she married Luke Besson. I think he directed her. In a, uh, so she just in no, a uh, yeah. in a um, uh oh, <laughs> it's Mila Djokovic. Yeah, Mila Djokovic. She yeah. she played uh, the French saint uh, Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. Yeah. In a movie directed, I think, by Luc Besson. I think she married that guy. I could be wrong. I'm looking it up right maybe now. Maybe she married him both, or maybe she, she did. You are 100 percent correct. She married Luc Besson in 1997, divorced him in 99, and a decade later married Paul W S Anderson. Yeah. Okay. So we she, we were thinking of the same everything. Yeah. Okay, we well, were dead on. So it's Mila Djokovic and uh, I'm pretty sure Steve Zahn, mm-hmm. and they're a young couple on their honeymoon at I guess in Hawaii, and they discover there's like a murdering couple out there, and it's and and they discovered after they've and it's, in a way it's almost thematically similar. They've met up with a young couple played by Timothy Oliphant and an actress whose name I can't remember right uh, now. Keel Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about coming to grips with the idea that you've been led into the jungle by a, for, a force you cannot contend with. Yeah. It's a neat movie, which you might want to watch. I, now I'm, I'm very interested in it. And Chris Hemsworth, I think, is in he it. He is. Yeah. I'm looking at the cast right now. And a pre-famous, like, 
dirty, yeah. sexy Chris Hemsworth. But again, that's sort of the same it's, you yeah. know, theme that like you're trapped in the jungle and you're realizing that there are forces much All bigger than you. All of the systems you. that, are, that you rely upon are suddenly uh, stripped. Anyway, I, don't wanna, yeah. I didn't want to divert so focus on, too, too ontological much. Ontological horror. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, ontological, ontological being just like existence, the relations, the relationship between you and everything else. Okay. Um, and, and this is the horror of realizing that you are minuscule. You are not the top of the food chain. Yeah. That not only are you not in control, that everyone who is in control wants you to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And in that case, it's, it's the plants. In this case, well, it's the plants and it's, it's also yeah. the people that are <clears throat> holding them at gunpoint, mm -hmm. you know, to, yeah. to prevent yeah. them from leaving. It, it is the plants and it is also, you know, the Mayans in a way. And in a significant way. Yeah. But again, the Mayans don't the, want them to die. Absolutely. The Mayans, don't. well, yes, but I mean, like when I say them, I mean like thinking about yourself as an individual, as a person. The Mayans don't they don't fantasize want your about, person to die. The Mayans don't fantasize about taking people from the exactly. resort into the jungle and yes, killing them. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But once they have be become they have afflicted. disturbed the environment in a way. Well, it's become inflicted, uh, yeah. aff afflicted with a poison. Uh, Amy mentions that they're, yeah. they're quarantining us here. Mm -hmm. Of course they are. Yeah. They kind of have to die. Yeah. And the Mayans are just trying to keep things in order. Um, right. So let's, let's, let's get back to the, so wait, the crux of it. Also the plants. So they were, con again, if you're going to do a movie about killer plants and they did almost all of this movie practical, they did almost everything um, on location. I think only the shots inside of the the mine um, that is into the temple were done on a studio, mm -hmm. like on a on a soundstage. Everything else was done on location in Australia. They built that temple. Took them seven weeks. Um, yeah, they had a, a great set designer too. Uh, I had I had his name and his credits at some point. Uh, but I feel like, hold on, let me just say one more thing about yeah. this. I'll, I'll try not to keep saying the same thing over and over again. I feel like the movie plays almost like a, like a foggy memory of the book. That's part of the experience I, I had watching it today. Yeah. Like there's a scene in this movie. This is so funny because it almost is like the experience I had with a simple plan feels like your experience with the ruins. Yeah, sort of, maybe. Yeah. There's a scene in the movie where Jeff is peeing. <laughs> okay. And he looks down and he sees this watch. Yeah. Shining like it catches the sunlight. So he looks down at it mm -hmm. and he realizes the watch is still on the arm of a skeleton. Yeah. And then he kind of looks at it and the skeleton's under this bushel of, of vines yeah. that are flowering bright red. Right? right. There's all these bright red flowers on yeah. it. Yeah. And then he looks down and he sees all these bright red sort of pockets of flowers. Mm -hmm. And I think in the book, that's a moment where they realize that these mounds that are populated by bright red flowers are all bodies. Yeah. And right? in this, this is how they find Heinrich. Right. But it's, it's, it's sort of like in the, in the, like that scene doesn't really play in the movie, in my opinion, well, unless you know what the story is about. It has a purpose in the movie because they've already found Heinrich in the book. Right, but I guess I, I, I just kept feeling like, like that at one point. You wanted it to do things. Well, at one point, Jeff says, it's pretty old. Uh, there's no birds or bug sounds. So they know. Right, right. but that's yeah. but you, you, they said that because it's something that was in the book that that was a, a signal to you, the reader, yeah. that there was an auditory issue yeah. that they would have picked up on over a period of time. But again, would you have a viewer of that movie had noticed there were no bird and no, bug sounds? No, but, but you don't have to say it either. 
but you wouldn't have noticed. Like we, but you don't have we've to landed it. on this a few times where I think you do have to signal certain things to an audience. Like Yeah, but it didn't get any weight. Frankly, it just didn't feel like the because the pay, because it's You a, wanted it to be something. Because it's a 90-minute movie. Well, yeah. it's short. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah, I feel like this movie could have probably been 3 hours long. Yeah. It could have been a TV series. I love I it, think it, the movie's fantastic. It could have been a mini series. It could have each it could have been a six-part series where each but one was from the perspective of somebody else. Think it would have worked? Yeah. I don't. Again, okay, so what I was saying before, they did a lot of it practical. All the gore is practical. And the other thing they wanted to do practical was as much of the plants as they could. Yeah, okay. And so what they did is they studied pumpkin vines and how pumpkin vines grow and move and um, another flower that was poisonous. And they tried to create a plant that didn't exist that um, could serve the function of the plant that did exist. But it's very hard to do that in a way that is convincing. And I even think it's a little too much CGI. Because yeah. there's things they can't do. Didn't they need try all the to hide it? Snatching things and like, yeah, because that wasn't well. Really... That's no, that's a lot of what's in the book. Not really. It just happened slowly. Slowly. Yeah, I just Vines think, don't like reach out. I and don't snag know. At you. I feel like if they tried to do it exactly how it was written in the book, where the vines were really controlling everything and doing everything, you'd wind up with something more like the fucking Langoliers. Like it would just be goofy. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's not. And I think they really tried to change to the focus to be these kids being so sure of themselves and making horrible mistakes, especially Jeff. But doesn't that put the, see, doesn't that actually kind of push the. <sighs> so another thing is. Okay, but if okay. the vines aren't, so what, so. Yeah. In the book, the vines are like incredibly dangerous, right? Yeah. All right. And in the movie, they're. Kind of dangerous. You feel like they've intentionally made them lesser yes. a threat. Yes. But doesn't that then shift a lot of the, like, I know you keep saying that you think the antagonists or the, they you know, their makers, their own, you know, yeah. downfall. I mean, Jeff the is the main antagonist, in my opinion. But really, it's the people holding them at gunpoint. No. Why not? Why because can't they just they leave had... and go to the doctor? Well, if they hadn't gone there in the first place, right. which was their own choice, right. if you that never they leave made. your house, nothing could possibly go wrong. But you know, they went someplace yeah. that does exist. Yeah, they, these these mines holding them at gunpoint didn't build it. They are not. They're not they didn't plant the vines. Yeah, but this is their space. Sort of. They can't go into it, or they'll upon. be killed by the vines. It's their space that they were intruded upon. All right. So this is a, a border issue, and these are. These are people. So if I if they walked into Poland and a bunch of poles held them at gunpoint, you'd say, "Well, they shouldn't have walked into Poland." Well, what's the reason they're being held at gunpoint? The vines. Yeah, I know. But, it's a but you're situation the that they've the walked into that they don't understand. Sure, but rather than seek a solution, I think you're being far too literal. I guess. I guess um, I am. Yeah. But if you're saying that it's not a supernatural super like villain, yeah, and it's a bunch of kids who wanted to explore uh, an ancient uh, Acropolis or whatever temple. Then, then there, you know, there's maybe you a certain... should ask somebody if it's a good idea who actually knows. Yeah, but you can't because they shoot you. <laughs> you they wouldn't you have shot them. them if they didn't do it first. The they did it without asking. They did it without they, against every warning sign. Yeah, I guess. So I think the most horrifying scene in the movie, other than Matthias dropping into absolute blackness, yeah, is. When Jeff decides to amputate his legs. And in the book, I recall it being a little bit more of a rational decision. Yeah. That they decide upon as a group 
because they really are trying to preserve his life. And in the movie, it comes off like this guy believes he's a doctor because he got accepted to medical school and is fucking deranged. And everyone agrees with him except the other person who's starting to lose her shit. Right. Because a vine has crawled into a cut in her leg and she feels like something is crawling around inside of her body. Yeah. So she's the only person who's like, you know what? Yeah, cut off his body. Because later on, she's going to start mutilating herself. Well, Matthias also agrees. The patient wants it. Yeah, he does. Um, But again, the way that it comes up. And this is a big difference between the book and the movie. Because in the book, the patient who needs his legs amputated, Mm -hmm. allegedly, cannot speak. Cannot volunteer. They don't understand him. Yeah, he's he's speaking Greek and they don't know what he means. Yeah, and in this, he's sort of like, yeah, go for it. Do anything. Save me. I'm desperate. It's basically everyone who has either already kind of been corrupted by the vines or walked into this corrupted. Yeah. There's a great line in the book. And this is an interesting way the book version of jeff is different from the movie version there's a lot of things that are different honestly there's a it's almost like they rotated every person's character and outcome to like one degree except for jeff he's the only person who's consistent Mm, well yes and no Uh, he decides decides to break for for help in the the book yeah He, he dies in kind of the same way kind of doing the same thing but in the movie he's trying to get amy out and in the book he's simply trying to run Oh yeah, he he thinks yeah. he can maybe break. But it's the same. The, he goes down and interacts with the Mayans and is trying to run, and yeah. they they shoot him down. And that happens in both. Um, but uh, yeah, Amy dies very early in the book. In the movie, she's the final girl. She's the one who escapes. Which again, we'll get to it. Um, Stacy takes on the role of Eric, who is her boyfriend. Yeah. Eric is the one who gets the vines inside of him in the book and winds up all cut up. And yeah. Stacy is the final girl in the book. In the brief thing that I, in the brief yeah. bout of research that I did, mm-hmm. I remember that, that's because that reading, watching the movie today, I said I thought it was Eric that had all the vines inside. It was. Him. You were right. Um, and it, it, they say that plays more as like a psychological slash cosmic horror. Yeah, and it's because, a lot more visual in yeah, the no, movie, and it is fucked up. Well, it's pretty. I mean, it's visual because it's a visual medium. But mm-hmm. I recall in the book, he gives him he's he like he like cuts a starfish shaped. Oh he cuts, yeah, he cuts I his, see. I don't really remember. In, the, in yeah. the book, he like cuts his whole chest open in a star shaped because yeah. it's wrapped around his ribs, and he starts pulling it apart. Mm-hmm. But it, but in the book, they say that he's uh, nobody agrees with him. He keeps saying that it's inside him, and they yeah. keep telling him to relax. And, and in the movie, they are kind of gaslighting her. Well, yeah, well, in the movie, they they're can trying literally, to stop her from cutting herself. Yeah, they can literally see the yeah. vines. Like they're literally around. like, "There's nothing we can do, so we're going to try to pretend this isn't happening and lie to you directly to your face." Yeah. Because we can all see the vines crawling around under your skin. Um, so right. Uh in the in the book, Stacy is the only one who makes it to the end. Matthias is killed by the vines, Jeff is killed by the Mayans, Eric kills himself essentially, Amy gets killed by the vines. Um, Pablo, also known as Dimitri, he's the one who falls down the shaft and has his legs cut and is killed by the vines. Yeah, and the thing that I read, I thought it said that Matthias was killed by Eric. In the way that oh, okay. Eric is killed by Stacy in the movie. Yeah, I believe you. I, 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 is I trying don't remember. to stop Eric from, I have no idea. from dissecting yeah. himself and yeah. he ends up getting stabbed. Yeah, that, which, that's this little thing that I read. Um, and Stacy walks down the steps of the, the well, she doesn't walk down the steps of the temple. There's no temple. She walks down the hill and sits and looks at the Mayans and looks out at the world and decides that she's going to slit her wrists and kill herself there as a warning sign for anyone who might come, um, which she does. 
And as soon as she is dead, the plants pull her into the vines and she disappears, leaving no sign, um, which is an incredibly bleak ending and involves suicide. Um, and for the movie, they wanted to, to change that. Yeah. Um, they knew they would not be able to do the suicide. They knew it right from the start. I don't think Scott Smith even wrote it that way. Um, but I do believe they had Amy die. Um, and it didn't test well. So they had her escape. And they had her escape with... Uh, okay. And this is also where it actually matters whether you watch the unrated or the rated version, the theatrical version in the U.S., they shot it with vines crawling under Amy's skin as she escapes into the woods and gets in a car and drives away. And that didn't test well. So they edited it out. So it's just her driving away. Yeah. Which is so funny to me because this is another um, situation where I feel like the test screenings of them being like, it's too, it's too upsetting. It's too bleak. Wound up with the bleakest possible ending. But it just looks not bleak. But it actually is the most fucked up possible ending there is. Yeah, I remember seeing two two different endings actually back when I watched it the first There's time. There's one where she's dead and the vines are growing out of her grave. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a little dopey. Yeah, um, that one got cut immediately. <laughs> then they did her driving away with the vines crawling up her skin. Yeah. Then that got cut for the theatrical release. That is that is the unrated ending, and the theatrical release is just plain her driving away. Which I think is the bleakest of all endings. Yeah, it must have been, it must have been a, a moment in movies, right? It was probably mm-hmm. two thousand six, two thousand eight. This and there was yeah. there. This is why I think that's when the movie Hostel failed. Came out. Hostel saw, and it was just after Teresa's, which nobody liked. So I think the reason this movie was, and it, 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 I guess a bomb in in it made its money back, but it was a low budget, so like. For for a Hollywood studio, it was a low budget. It's like twenty million or something. Um, horror movie budget. It made it back, but barely. Yeah. Like it was that. It it didn't do well in theaters. It got really bad reviews. And I think it was because people were overloaded with uh, tourist horror, and and also torture porn. Yeah. And so no one took it seriously because they just dumped it in that bucket. They're like, this is more of that bad torture porn. Um, so people just weren't willing to engage with it. They wanted to mock it. They joked that the plants looked like marijuana, which I don't think they did. Do you? Yeah, I thought it did. A little bit? The five Doesn't matter. uh, It's plants. Yeah. Who cares? Like, but people wanted to make fun of it. They wanted to hate it. A lot of the reviews from 2008 read that way, where people are enjoying how much they dislike it because they hate torture porn. Yeah, well, I'm not a fan of the that. I've not seen Hostel or Tur- I haven't seen uh, the Green Inferno. Yeah, I, I don't, Green Inferno is much later. Yeah, but I just don't go. I don't. I've I seen don't Hostel. Seek I, don't, out. I don't love Hostel. I think Eli Roth is a real meathead. Um, I generally what I said like ten yeah. years ago is I don't really like not to you but to my friend Bill I said I don't really care for movies where it seems like I'm just watching a helpless victim mm-hmm. get tortured by a, a like a sadist yeah it doesn't really excite yeah. me which this movie is that without the sadist it does it, well yeah it's funny this yeah. this is different for me and, though in a way that is relevant because yeah. it's it's just about people forced into or who have thrust themselves into mm-hmm. a situation they do not understand and. Uh, they, they they cannot solve. Yeah. You know, they, they. I don't mind a movie about like the deterioration of civilization. I said this in the last podcast. It's like the uh, the expectations of uh, of white uh, privilege uh, are eroded to the point that you're just 
plant food. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's there. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, I think the book is excellent. Really, I really yeah. have such high, high, um, or positive memories of the book. I think the movie's good, mm-hmm. and I and I watched it again today without any issue. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. So, so you did have a good yeah. time watching. Yeah, it. I know. Okay, I feel like good. my tone today has been a little bit yeah. more critical. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, we've we've flip flopped. I I think the movie The Rooms is a fucking masterpiece. You think A Simple Plan is a fucking masterpiece, and we both think both books are a masterpiece. Yeah, I think it's. A, I think yeah. I think Scott B. Smith wrote two perfect books. I do too. I, I think he I wish, really did. I wish he did. I, yeah, and I, I think mean, it's Carter, almost been thirteen Smith, years, so maybe we got one more coming. I think Carter Smith, totally unrelated to Scott B. Smith, Ben yeah. Stiller, and uh, Darius Kanji made one of the best horror movies of the two thousands that just kind of got shat on by people. The other reason I think it did poorly, and I, I was watching it, and I'm like, why don't people like this? And then I remembered that I fucking love bleak shit. I love movies that are just so mean. Like there's no good way out of this. It's just a story about a horrible thing happening and nothing good will come of it. And for me, I fucking love that. Most people don't like that. And and I actually think that is the other portion of bad reviews I got is people who are like, why is it so bleak? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no, the ending should be bleaker. Frankly, I do, the I, ending should I, be. I more. mean, I think her going back into society and just bringing it with her, like that's the worst possible yeah, outcome. It's, it's a really. Did you have you seen the descent? Yes. So again, I, now I'm going to spoil the end of the descent. I assume everyone has seen it by now. Um, <laughs> so the the original ending of the descent had her escaping the the cave. mine, the cave that she's in, getting into her car, driving away. And then having like a fake out, waking up in the cave, imagining the birthday cake of her daughter, and then having the monsters close in on her and dying. Mm -hmm. And that was too upsetting for American audiences. So they cut everything after her getting to her car. Pushing through the earth, getting in her car and just driving away. With the the ghost scare at the very end. She sees her best friend as a ghost sitting next to her. Uh, and then it cuts to credits. And I'm like, that's way bleaker than her simply dying. I think there are a lot of situations where people are like, oh, death is so bad. Like, like dying is the worst possible outcome. When I think dying is a much better outcome than what is supposedly the more positive ending. And The Descent is the perfect example for me. You, She has lost her daughter, her husband, all of her friends. And now she has to live with the worst trauma possible. That is honestly worse than death like and i feel the same way it would have been better if she died than to bring this into the world and still die a horrible painful death yeah the point of the movie i thought and the book is that they're also they're hopelessly trapped on this mound by people that have an almost inherited knowledge of how to save yeah also i just want to say i'm not trying to be mean to the character in the descent i don't think she's better off dead i i just think that's a nicer outcome in the context of the film you're saying you think that the 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 more positive ending for this character edit didn't actually save the character yeah is to die with a smile on her face then yeah 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 it's uh, meaner it's meaner to to have her get out yeah Yeah. well the well the, the the ruins is really about the primal forces of nature and those mm-hmm. who've come to understand them uh, versus those who, who have no idea what they're doing. And refuse. And so to let her run off yeah. is uh, insulting, really, yeah. to it's so funny. both I, the viewers I, and to the Mayans in the movie. And like I tried to look up scholarly writing 
on on the movie. I what could she, not find much. I could mostly ran, find stuff in the book. Ran, are we allowed to believe she sprinted 11 miles in her flip-flops? No, in she the got in the car. But you got in Heinrich's car. But the car was 11 miles from the ruins. Oh. The road was... There's they, no way it was actually 11 miles. That's that what they must said. Have it was been a 20-kilometer hike. I think they were wrong. Well, sure. I hope they were wrong because that my, don't make sense. It's not a good ending because the whole point of it yeah. was that we're so far in that we can't go back. Like, yeah. it, it's a real cop-out. Honestly, yeah. it's just the ending of the book is excellent. Well, I think if you forget the 11 miles for getting back to the car and driving away is like the bleakest possible ending. I guess. Because she brought it back to society. Sure. If she did, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Because it's there's no either way, she, she brought it off the mountain. Yeah. It, she, she, she brought it somewhere where it could spread. Sure. D- maybe she ruined the rainforest. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible. Yeah, which, you know what? Situation. That's actually a really nice commentary on Americans. Yeah, great. She tore down the rainforest single-handedly. Thanks a lot, Amy. Yeah, fuck you, Amy. You should have killed yourself. <laughs> Take one for the team, stupid. God damn it. <laughs> I love I love this movie. I think deeply underappreciated. If you are a horror fan and you like good-looking horror shot on film that's legitimately gross and scary, amazing gore, practical effects, practical oh, yeah. amputation effects. Um, if you're afraid of falling down a hole. Jesus Christ, watch this movie or don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That that's I screamed. I knew everything that was going to happen and I was like in my seat just like oh man there's a there's a movie about uh mountain climbers that came out like 15 years ago the descent no 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 it's called into the void i think i think yes i could be wrong about that because that might be a different movie but it's something like the title is something like that and it's a true story about two guys who tried to hike up uh one of these k summits you know it's like ice they're you know so they're they're chained together they're trying to go up a face of ice and snow Mm -hmm. and they get us they end up in a snowstorm that they didn't anticipate and so they sort of just do what they do in that scenario. They they start to uh, they sort of bunker down, touching the void, touching the possibly. I don't it's think a do- s- that's a documentary. It might be touching the void. Yeah. And uh, so there's two guys that are tethered together. Two young climbers, Joe Simpson and Simon Yates, set out to be the that first to right. reach the summit of the Saluda Grand Grande in yeah. the Peruvian Andes. Well, at one point they end yeah. up uh, again. They're they're held. Oh, together. my mom's read this book. They're held She's, together by a lifeline. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at one point, one of them loses the ground. They, they they fall off a cliff's edge, and while waiting for a snowstorm to to end, the guy who's up on top holding onto the rock has a choice to make, where he can either sit here and freeze to death, or cut the rope and get out of there. Oh, that's in one of those uh, those games that Greg and I play. Oh yeah, the dark anthology games. You can either cut the rope and Ashley Tis- Tisdale will fall into a pit, or you can tr- try to hold on to her. Yeah, well, and then and then maybe she'll be your girlfriend again. He, he has a decision to make. Yeah. He makes it, and it's and it, this movie reminds me of it. Because yeah. if we're if we're if we're tied together, we're both gonna die, mm-hmm. and I don't know what's gonna happen if I cut the rope. Maybe we both survive. Yeah, well, <laughs> but maybe you'll hate your girlfriend afterwards, or your whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna hate her. <laughs> That's what happened. Bad luck. Yeah. I love the runes. Yeah, I really I love, do. Listen, in the final... You've got to admit it's in beautiful. The, in the next one minute, we're going to get eight chimes of the clock. Yeah. So before the chimes... Before the chimes. We do both recommend it, I think. Hard recommend. For yeah. me, if you are a horror movie fan, I think the runes is an unappreciated classic, or it should be. It's 90 minutes long. Go watch it. There's almost no loss. I want to watch it. It's projected in a theater. It's so beautiful. I miss film. I miss film so much. Like getting to rewatch some of these older movies that were shot on film 
I mean, just like seeing it, people put so much fucking work into those shots and they're gorgeous. I mean, yeah, Darius Kanji, amazing fucking cinematographer. Um, but it's just, it's such a beautiful movie. It is. It's really scary too. And it, yeah, it gives you the creeps from, yeah. they, they get to the ruins 21 minutes into the 90 minute movie. Mm-hmm. And from that point forward, it's like a nightmare. It's nonstop. Yeah, hyper bleak. It's a nightmare. If so, you like hyper bleak and beautiful horror movies. If you want to feel tense. And go a watch little it. sick. It's a really good book. Definitely. And read the book. book. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You read the book in a weekend. Yeah. Unless you can't read. If you can't read, you could listen to it. We don't have a sponsorship with any uh, audiobook companies yet, so I will not tell you where to just get it. Just get Madeline to read it to you. I'll read it to you while you're in bed. You just call me up. Yeah. She'll do it over the phone. Nice little voice. Yeah. If you like her voice, call me. Pay her to read your books. I love money. She loves movies and she loves I money. I love movies and I love money. There it is. That's the signal. Oh, and we got to go we get ice go cream. We got to go we're going to die. We, we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this is a good episode. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I always feel like they're not. And then Merm says they're great. Yeah. I mean, I got a little worked up on this one, so. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. Happens. I think people like that about you. They like when I get worked up? Yeah, they like your fiery demeanor. When I scream like a husky? When you scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, would you like to reconsider Morbius? You know what? What? If they released Morbius in Dolby, uh-huh. I would I would think about going to see it again. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I'm just trying to make it happen. All right. I saw something that made me laugh out loud. I mean, this Morbin Time stuff drives me up a wall. I can't yeah. believe how funny it is. It's I, really funny. I really think that Sony might do it again. Yeah. I, I just don't. I think they have no idea what's happening. It's It's great. Algorithms are like driving everything everyone does now. Oh, like, man. look at all these searches. Look at all this Morbin. If we could keep Morbius in theaters forever, I'd be so happy. That would be really funny. What a prank. Do you think I'd see, I wonder if I'd see it again on the anniversary. Yeah. I wouldn't. Me neither. It's not a good movie. I, I don't ever have any interest in watching it again. No. But, well, but I will talk about it for the rest of my life. Yeah, we'll watch something. Hopefully we'll record in the next week or two. Yeah, what's a good movie? What, mm-hmm. what, what do you think? Rather Man. Oh, well, we've, yeah, sure. Or The Gentleman. The I've Gentleman. just watched that. We could watch another Bill Paxton movie. Yeah, I wanted to find Near Dark. I had a hard time looking at looking really? it up on the uh, internet. I don't yeah. think it's easy to find. It's very popular. I know it's on. I think it's on Shutter. Yeah, which I I can. But I don't have that. I have Shutter. Yeah, I could probably buy it someplace. Yeah. Also, it's not out of the question. I just yeah. the Runes is on HBO Max, but it is the rated. It, it is the US is, theatrical. I think it is also on Hulu. Uh, it, on Hulu with an HBO Max subscription. Oh really? Yeah, it's oh, one okay. of those where you it, it's not actually on Hulu, but when you Google it, it looks like it is. Was there any other difference between the rated and unrated? I think maybe there's a little more gore, but I, you, quite honestly, I, I don't... They cut off a third leg. Yeah, they cut off all three of his legs. Three. Man, I do love when the camera pulls back and you just see the two disconnected legs. Yeah. It's great. It's grim. It's so fucked up. He, oh. said, he, he said he couldn't feel... Oh, man, that was... Yeah, yeah. You, he said, you said he couldn't feel from the waist down, and then he gets killed by the plants, and he's like... Good thing we chopped yeah, off well, his legs. We cut off his legs. Yeah. Oh, Matt kept saying. Matt kept quoting that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We should. We should. Okay. He wants the ice cream. It's Matt time wants to go. ice cream. He's yelling at us from the other room. He's saying. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well. Good night. That's Alfred. Madeline's monster. <laughs> it's my. Mo- <laughs> this is my monster. <laughs> good night, Madeline. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>